you are now about to experience the revive effect i'm your host matt celestio and if you want to learn to master your mind get the body you want and create the life you've always wanted to live you are in the right place at revive my mission is to create a better way of living for our generation by challenging the current ways we live every day and in each episode i bring you a radically different approach to fat loss a fresh perspective on life, and a new way of living to help you get to where you truly want to be in life. So kick back and let's jump into it. Welcome to The Revive Effect. All right, all the time we're making choices around what we eat, you know, how we're working out, self-care, right? We want to upgrade our health, right? And these are the factors that we usually look to. However, there's one element or one other factor that, you know, we affect or that affects all of our results, right? Just, just like we have good choices around foods, good choices around good exercise habits, and good choices around self-care, you know, we also have the opposite spectrum where, you know, we can eat junk food or we sleep in, skip the gym, or we just totally forget to sleep, right? Sleep is an act of self-care, I believe. So just like we have good and bad choices around these things, we also have one other influential factor that has these good and bad choices. And that is the whole topic of today, ladies and gentlemen, that is the people that you hang around. You know, your social investment, who are the people in your life that is affecting you either positively or negatively, right? We always understand or we underestimate how much, just how much our social relationships affect us. And these are, this is one aspect of fitness and health that so many people neglect or they don't even know about. And I believe it's really important to invest in the proper people because this is ultimately what's going to make your fat loss journey supportive or more, they give you more encouragement or they actually uplift and energize you. So take a second to think about the people you hang around right now, right? Do they uplift you or do they suck your energy away? Do they motivate or discourage you? Do they inspire or deflate you? Right? You're going to make it harder on yourself, significantly harder on yourself if you're not investing in the right social group or the right people around you. So my intention today is to show you why you need to invest in the proper social relationships and how much it can really impact your physical health. I know that's pretty crazy, right? So just to, just to give you a recap, this is what we're going to dive into today. Can your friends affect and determine and significantly influence your physical health? Yes, I said physical. If you're wondering, I am talking about your body. And next, we're going to cover why it's so hard to, you know, vibe with people or really connect with people that you meet nowadays. And lastly, we're going to cover why making time for yourself can upgrade your life in ways that you never thought possible. So much good conversation coming up. So stick around and let's get going. Can your friends determine and significantly influence your physical health? Your physical health. I know that's a pretty crazy topic. So let me start this off with a story. So last week, which is why it kind of gave me the inspiration for this podcast, I was kind of tired and exhausted almost all of the time. And I kept thinking, you know, maybe I have an electrolyte imbalance or maybe I just need a little more protein, maybe a little magnesium. And I'm trying to do all these things to make my energy start, you know, getting back to normal. Now, I couldn't figure it out, all these attempts, and still nothing was happening. So Sunday night rolled around, and I had a friend text me out of the blue. It was around 6 o'clock at night. And my friend goes, hey, I know it's short notice, but you want to maybe hang out or something? Just quick, we'll have some tea, we'll call it a night. I said, you know what, let's do it, whatever. 
So when she left, now this is what was really crazy. I had felt more energized than I had all week, all week. And I didn't do any, anything different with nutrition. I didn't sleep more. I didn't meditate. I didn't do anything else other than spend time with my friend. Now I remember going to sleep and I couldn't actually sleep. I was so energized and just ready to go. And the next morning I woke up, I remember I woke up in such a positive mood. And even when I went to the gym, I know I was saying hi to people that I normally wouldn't say hi to. I was smiling at the people. I was actually even able to lift a little more weight and I had more energy to fuel my workout. And I'm thinking, this is crazy. How can all of this, you know, my strength, my happiness, my optimism, how can this all be upgraded without any diet, without any supplements, without any life hacks from some blog? You know, what was going on? Why was I able to enjoy all of these benefits by a simple night of hanging out with a friend? Now, these real life experiences that I experienced, right? I didn't need any studies to say, hey, this is what's going to affect you better. Here's how friends are going to affect you. I literally felt it firsthand and I felt the power behind it and how much it can upgrade my life and how much it actually did upgrade my life. So that's when it got me thinking. I go, how many other factors of our physical body is affected by the people that we hang around, right? Everybody's always concerned with, you know, what food to eat, how much you should be sleeping, which are really great and important factors to look after, mind you. However, there's the one factor, the people that you hang around that also influence you so greatly. Now, I want to reference a paper uh, published in PLOS One. All right. They took two groups and they made them experience stressful tasks. All right. Now, here's where the study gets a little interesting. One group received physical touch and the other did not. All right. That's the only difference. They were both experiencing stress. However, one received physical touch and one didn't. Now, can you guess which group responded better to the stressful situations and had a perceived overall better well-being? The groups that, yeah, you're right. The groups that had the touch, they actually reported less distress. And here's where it gets crazy. They had produced less stress hormones. These are biological functions that your body is producing. They reported producing less of those. And they actually looked at the brains of these participants and they found that there is reduced activity in the parts of the brain that is, you know, activated when there's perceived threat or, you know, severe, something's really going to hurt them. They had all of this, all of these benefits just by receiving a simple physical touch, just by receiving a touch. Like how powerful is that? You know, people say you have to meditate, control your breathing, eat foods that stop promoting inflammation. Again, which are good points. However, just the mere fact that investing in the right people and telling people maybe what you need more of, more TLC, you know what I mean? This can actually have a significant impact and influence on improving your health, right? And I know you're probably thinking, okay, you know, this is probably just going to work for, you know, romantic partners or somebody that you're actually involved with. But the study actually showed it works as well with strangers, simply feeling strangers, now, not, don't go grabbing up strangers like that because you're probably going to get thrown in jail. But I'm just saying, if you're able to, you know, offer a friend a nice hand or a nice pat on the arm or even have somebody just pat you on the back when you're going through a tough day, your body will biologically do the functions that's associated with reducing stress, reducing parts of the brain that, you know, make you so anxious and stressed out. This is crazy stuff. You can see how this is biologically affecting you. People around you influence your biological processes. Now, I want you to think of the people that you hang around right now. Are they able to do this for you? 
Or are you hanging around the people who kind of influence you in this negative way? Are they taking a damper on you? Are they discouraging you? Are they never even involved and listening to you when you're going through problems or you're having struggles? Now, think about someone who makes you stressed and anxious because as soon as I said that, the first person popped into your mind. Maybe it's that toxic friend that you know you should stop hanging around, but you just feel so bad that you have to go hang out. What do you think this is doing to your physical health? Right? This can make your fat loss journey significantly more difficult. If you're having all these stress hormones running through you, you're feeling energetically drained. And it's not a matter of food anymore at this point, which it might be, but not as much as if you're hanging around somebody who makes you feel so deflated and discouraged. right? Like my friend that I talked about in the beginning of the podcast, she was actually able to uplift me and energize me just by being in the same room as me. Now, I also have friends who I hang out with where I go, oh my gosh, can I please go home? This is ridiculous. And then the next day I wake up feeling like I just got hit by a bus or I have no energy. There's a reason for it. And these people are affecting your physical health and your biological processes. This is crazy stuff. Now, to show you again what I mean, I want to reference another study published in the Association for Psychological Science. Now, this one, oh my goodness, this one is absolutely crazy. So they took two groups. All right, there's always two groups. You have to, right? And one group, they created tension, this perceived tension that they would have. And the other group, they also did the same thing. Now, where the study gets different and where they start to see a little bit of the results is where one group, they were, they were given hugs while the other group was not. Now, just a hug, mind you, it's a touch, but it's just a hug, something very, very simple. Now, what they did was they exposed both of these groups to a virus. They, they put them in front of something that causes the common cold and makes them get symptoms of sickness, right? You know how a common cold feels like, kind of achy, runny nose, just tired all the time. They exposed them to this virus. Now, what they found was, get this, oh my goodness. They found that the risk of infection increased with more tension, right? That's what happens when you're uh, stressed out a lot. Right? Your immune system kind of gets suppressed because you have all these stress hormones running through you. So it makes sense that because these people are receiving a lot more stress and perceived tension, that their immune system is going to be compromised and they're going to be more likely to attract or in, uh, get that cold. Now, what happened for the people who got the hugs? Because that was the only differentiating factor in the study, right? Everybody got stress. Everybody was in different groups, but one group got hugs and one didn't. So the groups that got the hug, they found that infection, the risk of infection was unrelated to the stress they received. Unrelated. That means that they could, they could get as much stress as they want, but as long as they believed that they were getting perceived support and they were getting physical touch, they weren't as likely to get the virus as somebody who was not or kind of isolated or didn't get that kind of TLC. Right? No matter how much tension, they had less related incidents of getting that virus. And even if they did get the virus, get this, they reported having less severe illness symptoms compared to the people who did not get the hugs. A simple hug affected all of this, your physical body. Right? And then think about back then, the study we just referenced before, how much of your brain is activated or decreased in the parts where you experience stress just by somebody touching you. Now, imagine if you're getting a full-on embrace that shows you, you know, I'm here for you. I care for you. You know, it's okay. I got you. Imagine how much stress reduction and less anxiety you'll experience. And not only that, but you're going to form this great connection and bond with the people in your life and that you're investing in. But 
people today, right, they catch a common cold, they're popping Tylenol like it's candy. There are so many other factors of health that we neglect or we don't know about, or we don't really take the time to invest in to enjoy all the benefits, right? And one other cool thing that I know a lot of people experience, well, not really that cool, but the people that you hang around, they can actually trigger inflammation. I know a lot of people are always saying food triggers inflammation, oils trigger inflammation, which they do. However, you know when you're hanging around somebody that's just making you anxious, right? You can feel your blood boiling and you can feel your head pounding. These people are triggering, triggering your stress hormones, right? And that's going to trigger inflammation. And then as a, as a result, it's going to suppress your immune system, making you more likely to contract illnesses, get worse symptoms, and keep those symptoms longer than somebody who has a good support system. Somebody who reduces their stress and takes a load off and actually makes them feel like, you know, I can rely on you. This is how holistic your health is, right? There's factors that people are not even paying attention to. And one of the biggest ones that I always say is social investment. It's the best investment that you could ever make. And you've just seen all of the biological factors, your physical health that is affected just by the people that you hang around. Now, us fat loss insiders here at Revive and the people who have taken, or our students that have taken the Revive Effect fat loss program, they know how to navigate this and they know the impact that their social circle has on them. They know how to say, you know what, maybe I need a little more support in this area. And they'll reach out to a friend and say, hey, this is what I need from you. And not only that, they'll know when to say, you know what, I'm not going to hang out with this person because I know they're going to make me feel horrible and they're going to trigger all these kind of things that, you know, contribute negatively to my health. Health goes so much deeper than counting calories and workouts. And it goes so much deeper than what you've been taught to believe. We're always told, cut your calories, work out six times a week. That's how you're going to get the body you want. That's how you're going to improve your life. Again, these are really great factors to take into account. However, health is holistic. How's your well-being? Are you happy? Are you anxious? Are you stressed? Or are you calm, cool, and collected, and you're actually happy with your life and the people that uplift you and energize you every day? Now, just a side note, the people in uh, Okinawa, which are one of the blue zones, right, for the people who have the longest centenarians, of course, they have this great diet and the least stress in the world. But you know what the overarching factor is for the fact that they live for so long and they have purpose to wake up every day? It's the fact that they're in a community where they can hang out with people and they can know they can rely on others, right? It's so much easier to wake up every day when you have a place of belonging and acceptance and have people that support you. So just as a side note. Now, to get the body and life you want, though, you can't just focus on calories and you can't just focus on workouts. You have to master each factor of a holistic approach to your health, right? Your stress, your sleep, your nutrition, your exercise, your mindset, your mental well-being. All of these go into your health. But at the end of the day, what, the, what I really want to focus on today is the social investment factor. And once you learn to master that and navigate how you operate in your relationships, you're going to significantly see an increase in, well, I can't say guarantee, but you would definitely feel a perceived increase in your physical health, your mental well-being, and your overall happiness. Just take a second and take a step back and say, what are the people in your life doing for you right now? All right, I just wanted to take a quick second and interject here because I know a lot of you might be struggling with this. So are you somebody who is doing everything right, you know, eating healthy, exercising, and you know, even fasting maybe, and skipping meals just to kind of lose weight, but nothing seems to really be budging for you? You know, why are you doing everything right but not seeing any results? 
And what I've created on a revived website is the five fatal fat loss traps that I know a lot of my clients and even my closest family members fall into when they think they're quote unquote eating healthy or making a healthier change. They can actually be shooting themselves in the foot with these five fatal fat loss traps, making their journey significantly harder to get there. Right? So what we've done on our website, and this is absolutely free, ladies and gentlemen, nothing is for sale. I've created this five to 10 page mini ebook that goes over each of these five traps and it gives you some quick solutions to maybe put you more on the path towards success. So just a quick glimpse of what you're actually going to get in this little ebook is how you think you're actually eating quote unquote healthy foods, but they're actually promoting your weight gain, which types of oils increase inflammation and mess up your body's fat burning ability. And thirdly, why skipping meals and not eating makes it harder to lose your fat. So these three things, and then again, the two other ones that you're going to see within the mini ebook, by all means, please go ahead and download that. I've left a link below in the show notes, wherever you are watching this. So go ahead, click that link again, 100% free. It's my gift to you. And thank you for tuning in again today. So let's get right back into it. So take a second to think if you're not enjoying all of these benefits that we talked about that your social support group can bring you, you know, how much is your social support group and your friends and your family holding you back? You just saw they have the power to trigger cortisol and sickness, anxiety and inflammation. Are the people you hanging around doing this for you or are they uplifting and energizing you and putting you on the path towards success? If you don't like the environment you're in and you're not making changes, how do you expect to attain what you want? How do you, do you even have clarity on where you want to go? Because if you don't, or if you're not making that change, you might be someone who we call a fat loss straggler. They have no direction. They feel kind of stuck. They have that victim mentality. And I get why you can feel like that, especially if you're hanging around the people who don't uplift you or energize you or encourage you to make that change. But if you don't, you know, take a step back and break free from that mentality, you might be endlessly stuck in seeing how the people contribute to your, your stress, your anxiety, your lack of motivation, and even your confidence to make that change. If you're unknowingly falling subject to these things, right, you are significantly putting your health at a significant disadvantage. You just saw, again, you just saw how much you can be affected. And think about how much more difficult that can make your fat loss journey and your transformation. A fat loss straggler, they don't know how to handle and operate these situations with their friends or kind of break free and filter out that negativity so that they can focus on themselves and focus on their journey instead. Instead, they let themselves soak in that negative environment and toxic friendships and they're doing things that they don't want to do because they feel bad and obligated to do that. And does that sound like you if that's somebody that I just picture or painted for you right now? This is holding you back whether you're aware of it or not. How do you expect to make a change in your life if people are dragging you down? How do you expect to be a new person when you're hanging out with the people that is the old you and the old you that you want to break free from? How, how do you expect to make that change and transform your life if you are not doing this work and surrounding yourself with the people who embody the lifestyle and things that you want? Think about that for a second. And you wonder why it's so hard to stay consistent and stay motivated and get energized and you feel so beaten up. It's because you don't have that clarity to guide you and that social support system to guide you on your journey as well to encourage you and uplift you and energize you. Us Revive Fat Loss Insiders, they know their path. They know it like the back of their hand. 
They know where they need to be, what they need to do to get there, and exactly how they're going to get there. And not only that, they know who should be on that path with them towards success, right? They go, I know exactly where I'm going. Now, if you don't align or fit in with the values that I want to embody or do the things that I want to do and experience, you don't belong on my path with me that much. So they're able to kind of disconnect for them or detach and not cut them off just totally completely, but you know, kind of say, hey, I need to focus on myself for a little bit. And here's exactly where I'm going to go, exactly how I'm going to do it. And they know, and they're able to stay consistent, avoid that temptation, avoid that distraction, and avoid that negativity that's thrown at them every single day. And that's what their clarity and social investment really does for them. Now, I'll leave you with this. If your friends are doing the things that you no longer want to be a part of, you are making your journey much more strenuous than it needs to be. So take a second to think, do I need a new social group? Do I need to have friends that embody the new qualities and characteristics that I want? Take some time, take a step back and think about how much that can actually affect your physical health and your entire journey to make it to where you want to be. Don't you ever find that the more people that you meet nowadays, it's very hard to vibe with them or connect with them? Or what's going on? After, like in high school, it was so easy. All these people were so great and happy and energized. But now today, fast forward, it doesn't seem to feel like that anymore. And this part of the podcast, or if you're watching this on Revive TV, we're going to shine some light on that answer for you. And I believe one of the biggest reasons that it's so hard to actually connect with people anymore and form a genuine bond and enjoy all the benefits that we just talked about in the previous part of the podcast, or again, in part one of this video on Revive TV, it's because people are partially investing in others because they're not showing up as their full selves. Everybody is kind of acting as this facade or we're living up to this identity that we've kind of been told to live or we believe that we are. I, like to give you an example, as a guy, we're always taught, you know, be, be strong, don't show your emotions, chase women, be jacked, eat meat. Like it's a very, very stereotypical way of living that we kind of have to live up to, even if it's not the real us. And we're never able to fully invest in someone if we never fully bring our true selves to that conversation. And the best way to do that is to show up and be vulnerable, right? It develops this amount of trust because you go, oh my goodness, this person is confiding in me and I'm totally connecting with them because we're on the same path, right? Okay, everybody here is struggling. Everybody here is going through some tough times. And if you're able to bring that to the conversation and able to actually say that with authenticity, you're able to connect with people on such a level that you never thought imaginable. Now, if you don't do that and you hang out with fake friends, and you know how it feels to hang out with fake friends, right? You go, oh my gosh, here we go again. I have to make the small talk. The conversation isn't as stimulating. And you don't even want to hang out with them in the first place. And you find that your interactions are never really memorable. You just kind of have to go through the motions because you feel you're obligated to do so. So if you don't open up and show your authentic side of you and actually connect with these people. I believe this can leave you a lifetime of empty relationships. It can give you little connection and you will never really become who you truly want to be when you're always operating through that lens of, you know, this is my mask. This is who I think I should be. Here you go. And when you're able to fully invest, you're able to enjoy all those physical health benefits and that engagement and connection that we talked about before. When you're able to actually sit down and think and connect with people, you can feel it. 
Think about back in those summer nights around that table when it was two in the morning. You know, a group of friends, maybe even it was just one, one or two of you. Why do you think those talks were the best talks, right? We called them real talks, quote unquote, real talks. And why do you think that was? And why did you feel so connected and close? And the answer is because they opened up to you. It was usually about a topic that was not really spoken about in public, you know, whether it was with a girl or a guy or even some family things that was going on. They were opening up, breaking down some walls and bringing forth some conversation that was actually worth talking about and that you could connect with. Because at the end of the day, we're all going through the same thing. And if somebody's able to bring that to the conversation, you say, you're more likely to say, you know what? Me too. I totally understand that. And now you guys are connecting on a different level that you never would have if you just stick to the superficial, oh, how's work? Or, oh yeah, this person smells bad and you're gossiping about other people. Now, because someone is being vulnerable about some crazy topic, you're able to do this. And that doesn't mean you know, go ahead and start sharing every intimate detail of your life. Understand which people deserve to hear your side of the story and which people you wanna share that side of the story with. And most importantly, have the energy to hold that space for you so that you can connect and enjoy all those physical health benefits and emotional health benefits as well that good social groups can bring you. Now, it's very rare nowadays that somebody you meet opens up like this, right? We, we have this identity that we're brainwashed into living, so it's very common to kind of hold that back. I don't want to tell people my struggles, right? If I told people my business was going great 95% of the time, I'd be lying. Right? There's days where I go, what is going on? Stuff is not clicking. Maybe there's not as much engagement as I'd like. My ads aren't performing that well. But if I'm able to bring that forth in a conversation and say, yeah, man, today, this week, it was skeef, man. My other entrepreneurial friends will say, you know what? That's a struggle, man. I totally get that. And now we're able to connect and resonate on those things rather than just saying, yeah, man, business is normal as usual. And I value someone who can keep it authentic, who can keep it real with me, which is why I always keep it real with you. And imagine bringing that forward to a conversation with your friends. Just see how much connection that you can actually change and how much the relationship dynamic can change and how much more supported you will feel just by doing this alone. It is cr pretty crazy. Now, just not connecting and opening up, opening up and being vulnerable and having that trust, that's just the tip of the iceberg in terms of social investment and ruining our social relationships. No one is present anymore. We always have a laptop or phone or whatever it is nearby, even a TV. We're always distracted. And my biggest pet peeve is when I go out to dinner and you probably feel the same way and there's nine people on their phones. I go, who are we all talking to if our friends are at this table? Why are we not present and why are we not connecting with each other to enjoy all of these benefits that a good social group can bring you? Now, I want to take it through the lens of relationships just because it's fascinating to talk about. So it's normal, ladies and gentlemen, it's normal right now for us to talk to multiple guys and multiple girls at the same time when we are dating or just talking to someone to see if we want to date them. What do you think that's doing to your relationship, though? Three to four guys at a time, four to five girls at a time. We're never really fully investing. We're spreading our energy and attention around six different conversations at all times. And we wonder why we never get a connection. We wonder why they're so boring or we never get the engagement that we're hoping for. We're not present with one person. We have to try and be present with six women or six men all at the same time. There's a story, let me reference a story right now, my personal one. When I was in university, I had a friend who we'll call Melissa. She always, 
always made a point of talking to five guys at the same time. And I distinctly remember it. There was one time we were in the student learning center at uh, my campus. And she was telling me a story about this one guy. And immediately she goes, wait, was that Richard or was it Brad? And she didn't even know. And that's really bad if you're talking to somebody because how are you supposed to form a connection if you can't even remember their name or you can't even invest in that one person to know what they told you the last time you spoke with them, right? We can't let the other person know we like them, which is why we kind of have one foot out the door every single time we're in a relationship or we're talking to someone, which is why we have those five different conversations, right? If one person leaves, say, that's fine. I got four other I can fall back on, but how do you expect to find that closeness and enjoy those benefits and the enjoyment of being present and having someone fully listen to you if you're not fully investing in them, right? You never invest, you're never going to get the return. Think about it like that for a second. Now, to not be present and not be authentic and vulnerable, we do this as a way to minimize the feelings of hurt, right? We don't want to feel horrible about ourselves or even feel like we're not enough when they leave. But there's one little problem with this and if we numb those feelings of hurt and uh, fear of being rejected, we're also going to numb the feelings of, you know, engagement, connection, love, and actually be, enjoy the actual things that a relationship can bring you, right? You can't have one way or the other. You have to be able to have them both. And I know that's a scary thing to think about, but there's much more risk in not receiving these benefits than if you were to get left on red or if somebody were to stop talking to you. Just try the difference. Maybe cut down on talking to three or four and maybe one or two. Just even think about that in terms of regular conversations. If you're talking with your mom and you have your phone nearby, don't be on your phone while you're having a conversation with her. Put the phone down, look her in the eye and ask her how her day was. And the same goes with your friends. If you're all hanging out together, don't watch a movie. You know, sit and let's, you know, reminisce. Let's look over old photos of us when we were at university or, you know, what happened the other weekend or some awesome trip that we went on. The connection that you guys will both bring forth and that you will all enjoy will be insurmountably better than what you would have done if you were on your phone watching TV or talking to six or seven different women. Now, one of the things I really want to touch on here as well in terms of the second topic, which is why it's so hard to vibe with people is because we're expecting them to do too much, right? We're so accustomed to cutting people out because they don't share our vision or our values and it's normalized in our culture on social, right? The journey to the top is a lonely one. Cut everyone out, go dark for six months and just focus on you. Now, we look, at, we look down on people who don't share these values with us or they don't share that mindset, which is why we wanna cut them out. Now, again, let's look at this through the lens of relationships. We want everybody to share the values, the beliefs, the desires, the wants, the things that, we interest, or that we're interested in, and we all want them to be interested just like us. So that way we can resonate with them. Now, in the terms of relationships, we want our romantic partner to be a friend, a romantic partner, adventurous, have deep conversations, be intellectual, have stupid conversations. Right? We want them to be everything and anyone, but we forget that they're just one person. We're asking them to be the community. We can't expect them to do that. We ask them to be 10 different people at once. And this is something I really struggle with. You know, I'm very picky in terms of who I want to spend my time with. So I always try to make sure they hit on a lot of the factors and a lot of the values and interests that I have so that I'm able to connect with them in that way. But there's also a fine line where we have to say, you know what? Maybe this is not the person they are. 
And you have to be okay with that. Like, I have friends for different things. I have friends that I go to the bars with and have fun with, just do stupid things with. But I also have friends who talk about business and entrepreneurship. I have people who talk about finance with me and investment, but I also have people who talk about spirituality and mental well-being. And you need to be okay with that because we thrive in communities. As a human, why do you think we settle in communities? Because there's so much diversity in everything that anyone brings to the table. We have people who are funny. We have people who are good listeners. We have people who we can talk to. And we have people who we can just have fun with. And that's why we all meet together and we interact and we feed off each other rather than just going to one person and saying, hey, I want you to do all of this. And it's easy to expect your partner to do that because you know that's just kind of the way we want things, right? We want it all. But it has negative effects if you're constantly thinking that your partner needs to be this certain way or they need to embody all of these different things. You're eventually going to start lacking empathy towards them. You're going to have a little bit of ignorance. You're going to have some fights. And why do you think that is? It's because they're not meeting your needs and you're not really expressing that to them. Right? If you want them to be an intellectual partner, but you married them because they were funny, you need to kind of address that and say, you know what, I'd like if you maybe read a couple books that I'm interested in and maybe we can bounce some ideas off each other. Or you need to be okay and say, you know what, that's not your strong suit. I have friends that I can go to for that instead. And in that way, you're able to meet your needs with the community, enjoy great social investment, and at the same time, still maintain your relationships that are romantic at the same time. Right? This is crazy stuff. Crazy, crazy stuff. Now, we never tell them to meet us halfway, or we never really tell them what we want. Right? We're always thinking, you know, they're mind readers. They can just tell what I want. And this isn't even just for romantic partnerships, but this is also for our friends in general. Right? If someone's pissing us off, Right? They don't answer in four or five days and they're taking so long to answer our text. We never say, hey, when you don't answer, it makes me feel a little neglected. Would you mind maybe shooting a text? It doesn't have to be anything long, but just acknowledging me that you got the text and you'll get back to me when you can. Instead of saying, oh my gosh, they never text me back. I freaking hate this person. And you can see there's a stark difference there. And once you're able to kind of say, hey, this is what I want. Here are my needs. What do you want from me? You're able to build that stronger connection. You're able to build that stronger bond. And you're able to enjoy all the benefits that we've talked about in the beginning of this podcast or in video one of Revive TV. Just think about what that is for a second and think about how you're operating within your social relationships and how much it can really be affecting your physical health. Do you make time for yourself? I get you have responsibilities and work and you have to tend to other people's needs, but are you taking the time to tend to your needs, making time for you? And that's what this part of the podcast is what we're going to talk about is how making time for yourself can upgrade your life in ways that you never thought possible. And again, I want to start with another story just because they paint such a great picture of everything that I want to say or even what we're talking about. So the other day I was uh, driving with my friend and she was looking so beat up and tired and it's the holiday season and I get that. That's how we are around the holidays. Busy, stuff always on the move. We have a million things to do. And she was saying, I have to do all these things. I don't know where I'm going to find the time. I still have to work. And I stopped and asked her, I go, are you making time for yourself? Have you taken a step back and said, you know what? I need one night where I just... Take a break, recharge, and put everything on hold just for one time. 
And she said, no, I can't do that. I don't have the time to do that. I don't have the power to do that. I just need to keep grinding through. And when we're doing this, and if you're doing this right now, you're filling everyone else's cup without filling yours, right? And it's just a matter of time before you continue to fill and continue to fill that your cup is just empty. You have nothing to give anymore. You've given all you can. And that's where it's going to take some physical strain on you. That's where you're going to feel burnt out and tired and cranky and agitated and wondering why you can't just, you know, be happy, have the time for you. And if you're saying, yeah, Matt, that sounds exactly like me. You might be living up to the identity that everyone else has told you to to live by. If you're somebody who is the caregiver, right, you need to bring this person to practice or you need to pick this person up or you need to get this person a gift. You need to spend time with this person. You're living up to the identity of this caregiver that everyone else needs you. You are the person that they go to. So that's why you feel obligated to go and hang out with them, even when you're feeling tired. That's why you feel the need to go do those pickups when you know you have to do other stuff that maybe would bring you joy and fulfillment. You put everything on the back burner for you to tend to what everyone else thinks you should be. Does that make sense? Your relationships, they're demanding too much of your attention too much of your time and too much of your energy. And it's going to leave you drained. It's going to leave you absolutely drained to go and pursue other things. And believe me, I've experienced, I've experienced this firsthand. And if you're nodding your head in agreement right now saying, yeah, I've done the same, you've experienced it firsthand too. Yet we don't ever say, you know what? It's time for a change. We just keep pushing through it regardless of how our body is feeling. If we're physically aching, if we're exhausted, we just push through because we don't believe that we have the time for ourselves. We're busy tending to everybody else. Now I'm talking to a very specific person here. So if you're somebody who is always tending to somebody else, you're always looking after others, but never looking at your own self, looking at your health. And you've noticed that maybe you've even put on a little bit of weight. You know, you've got some aches and pains in your back and you're not as happy as you used to be. This could be a big contributing reason to it. And how do you get over this? And what's the best way to go about this? And you need to create distance for yourself. You need to create time and take a break. As crazy as that sounds, I know, God forbid that we have to just rest for a second. That's where you're going to find the most recovery, the most recharge, and that most, the most energy that you've ever had in a while because you've actually taken a step back to boost yourself and boost your happiness. Right? Very rarely do we have a break in this life. Everything is constant. Right? We work. Nine to five. Some of us work way longer hours, especially if you work construction. Then you got to come home. You got to cook dinner for your fam or you got to go see your friend. You got to pick up this thing for the other person. It's, it's never, you know, let me come home, settle down, maybe make a nice tea, watch some TV and unwind. It's always go, 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 go. And that's like living Groundhog Day. Have you ever seen that movie with, uh, oh, what's his name? I can't remember the comedian's name, but he lives the same day every day. And he does the same activities, sees the same people, does the same things. And eventually at the end, like he gets so flustered and he just, he looks so deflated and not energized because it's the same monotonous routine and he never gets to do anything for himself, right? He got frustrated and we get frustrated the exact same way, doing the same things every day. You know how it feels, especially if you're experiencing it firsthand right now. Now, this could be with family, it could be an activity that you do with your friends. It could be the gym. It could be work. 
whatever it does or whatever it is that you do on repeat, you are feeling the effects of it and it's taking its physical toll on your body. And in personal training, we have this, we have a term for this and it's for somebody who is working out so much that they actually see diminishing results. Meaning they're working out so much that they're actually not getting any more results because they're overworking. And it's because you never give your muscles a time to recover, to repair themselves and to rest, right? If you're doing bench press every single day with your chest, your muscles are breaking down every time you work out, but they're, you're never giving them the chance to build back up. Does that make sense? So creating distance and you know, taking a break in life will do the exact same for you. It'll allow you to sleep for a change. Do the things that you actually want to do or just have some peace and quiet for five seconds. Think about what that would feel like just to take a breath. Just ah. That's the power that creating a distance and taking a break can do for you. Now, I want to take another second here to say when we create distance for whatever we do in our life, whether it be a family, a relationship, a friend, it makes it much more valuable the time that you do go back to it. And I want to reference a study. I can't remember where I read it, but I know for a fact it was a mind-blowing study where they showed or they gave college students the option to choose between 10 cookies in a jar or three cookies in a jar. And then they had to rate which cookie tasted better. And the cool part of the study was that both cookies were the exact same, just different quantities, all right? Same cookie, different quantities. And people were asked to be rated on what or asked to rate which cookie they thought tasted better. And majority of the time, do you know which cookie tasted better? It was the cookie that had less in the jar, right? They perceived it as more valuable because when there's so much of something, you go, okay, it can't be that good. But all of a sudden you put just three cookies in that jar. They go, whoa, whoa, why is it so little? And they're going to obviously say this one tastes much better. It's this perceived notion in our mind. It's like a human or brain glitch. And you even know that. Think about the time you go to, or if you've even seen a fancy restaurant, are there portion sizes like Osmos? You know, four pounds of rice and two pounds of chicken? Or are they just giving you a nice garnish of chicken with a little, little butter sauce on top and a little microgreen? Right? It's the whole appeal of having less that makes it more. It makes it more valuable. And creating distance in our relationships or creating distance in activities that drain us or demand too much of our attention and energy allows us to find more value the times that we do go back to it. And... It is a little hard to address when you're saying, hey, I need a little distance. I need a little time for myself. And people will say you're selfish, that you have to take time for yourself. And how could you do that? But let me ask you this. Is it selfish of you to take time for yourself? Or is it selfish of them to demand your time and attention and energy for their needs? Think about that. Is it, is it selfish of them to ask you for your time and your energy? My, I think yes. Self-care is not selfish. How do you expect to fill everybody else's cup if your cup is never filled? Right? You're always give, 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 but you're never refilling. So you don't have that opportunity to grow and recharge and recover in order to bring your best self forth. Now, imagine this in terms of when you want to get your goal, get a body you want, start a business, write a book, whatever the case is. If you are constantly give, 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 where do you expect to find the motivation to go after your goal? Where do you expect to find the energy to go after your goal? And if your physical health is deteriorating, as it might be if you're continually giving and never taking care of yourself, how do you expect 
to get the body and life that you want when you are constantly putting a damper on your physical health. Take a step back, think about how much and how much benefit you would receive from just, you know, making time for yourself, disconnecting and creating distance. Don't worry about how many of your relationships will be hurt. If your friends and family and relationships or romantic partners were genuinely concerned about your health and your well-being and genuinely cared about where you wanted to go in life with your goals to get the better body, they will be supportive 1,000%. If you, if you went to your friend and said, hey, I really can't hang out tonight. I've worked 10 hours today. I had to do all these things. Do you mind maybe rescheduling for another night? I just need to go to bed early. If your friend is a good friend, and you know this, if your friend is a good friend, they will take the time to say, yeah, you know what, that's fine, I get it. I'm glad you let me know, and I'm glad we're rescheduling. And just that slight shift and that change of making time for yourself and addressing that properly. Think about how much physical health that can bring you, how much more mental well-being that can bring you, how much more energy that can bring you. And what I want li- to finish up with today is that we're always doing everything else everybody wants to do. Right? We're always going to friend parties that you know, they're hosting because that's what we do. That's the identity that you've bought into. Or you go play a certain sport because that's what you're supposed to do. That's what your friends do. You, know, you may not like basketball. <laughs> you know, maybe you like baseball, but your friends are going to play basketball all the time. So you're dragged out to that, regardless if you like it or not. So I believe that we really are doing things that deplete our energy and suck a lot of our time away from us, which can cause us or leave us feeling unmotivated and uninspired. But I also believe that we're not giving ourselves the time to do things that actually fulfill us, that actually energize us, that actually motivate us. Think about back when you were a kid and you were playing at recess or even if you were playing outside with your friends on the street. You had unlimited energy. You can go for days and days and days and not get tired. And why do you think that is? It's because you were immersed in the activity. You were around people that had the same positivity and energy and motivation that you did. And you were actually fully immersed in an activity that you enjoyed and you found fun in. And that's why every time that your mom or dad would come out and say, hey, it's time to come in, you always yell five more minutes. You didn't have to be there. You weren't obligated to be there. And your parents even gave you the way out to say, hey, you can come in now. But you still said, no, I'm enjoying myself. I'm energized. I'm passionate about this. Now, imagine if you did more activities that brought you that energy, that brought you that that excitement and that fulfillment. You know, it's not always about doing work, 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 or doing what everybody else wants you to do. Take time to find the things that you enjoy. Take time to find the things that energize you. And take time to find the things that get you to where you truly want to be in life. All right. Thank you so much for listening. I'm so glad you stuck around to the end. And I'm so grateful that you took the opportunity and your time to spend it here with me at The Revive Effect. So if you like what you heard today, please, I ask that you share this podcast with somebody who needs to hear the information. Or even if you did like it, please subscribe, give us a like, give us a comment, even email us and tell us what you liked about the podcast. We appreciate you so much for tuning in. And if you like what you heard today, again, don't be afraid to visit our website, R-V-I-V-E official, reviveofficial.ca to learn more and keep up with all the latest and greatest things that we are doing today. If you are someone who is feeling insecure, they're unhappy, unhealthy, and stuck in fear, I've created the Revive Effect and my company Revive in order to transform you into somebody who is the fitter, healthier, happier you, who is more confident than they've ever been in their entire lives. 
and who's driven and hungry for growth every day and actually wakes up energized and happy. So give a look over to our website because that's where you're gonna find all the latest and greatest information and tools and resources in order for you to attain that and make that vision of yours a reality. So I'm Matt Celestio. Thank you again for tuning in. We'll see you in a couple weeks here on the Revive Effect Podcast.